Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, July 7, 2022, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on Bill's story on page 13, the fourth paragraph, I was to test my thinking just unpacking that one paragraph only. Today, uh, readers are, and thank you to Team Thursday, Marge O, Darlene H, Christina L, Alice A, Kathy C, our newcomer greeter, Katie G, and our host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, July 6, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,145, that's 19145, and for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 19,147, that's 19147. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose, is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alice A. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Alice. Thank you. This is Alice A. in Alabama. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you so much, Alice A. I will now ask for Kathy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Kathy. You have the floor. Thank you, Amy. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. My name is Kathy C. from New York, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much, Kathy. All right, so I'm going to tell everyone how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, You'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in uh, the chapter Bill's story. We're on page 13, the fourth paragraph, and I am going to ask Marge O to get us started. Can't wait, Marge. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thank you. This is Marge O. Recovered in Massachusetts and grateful for that recovery a day at a time. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. The only might, then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. So we continue on with with Bill's separation from alcohol, and um, as we've heard earlier in the week, lots of discussion about you know where these directions came from. This ten, the twelve steps weren't actually hadn't really been written as he wrote this information, and I think he they may he had uh, Bill meaning um, that this was part of something another group that had been started called the Oxford Group, but. No matter what was to, what is to come to be our, what we know as the 12 steps, this is a huge part of it, to test my thinking about the new God consciousness within. And for me, um, personally, I had, you know, I had to learn how to separate religion from spirituality because when you said God, that's what I thought about, you know, my religion, and I didn't recognize that right away when I was in program, but I didn't care. I just needed help with my eating. I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stand the thoughts of being on another diet. Good grief. Not yet another Monday could I face, and I couldn't stop eating, and I would lose 20 pounds and gain 30 back, and it was back and forth. And the problem I had with God or my higher power at the time was, I didn't think I was important enough for God to help me with my food plan or my food thoughts or my overeating. I just didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought that you ask God for bigger favors and bigger things. And as it says here, you know, I no longer do that. I don't ask for special favors for me. I ask God, what is it I'm supposed to do today? How can I be of help? And also I learned how to you know, ask for help and um, being so self-centered and self-seeking that it wasn't easy for me. I thought, oh, you know, I should know how to do this myself. I certainly know plenty about nutrition and diets, but that wasn't the point. I didn't realize that I had two things going for me as far as wanting to overeat all the time and that the mental obsession was always first and I didn't recognize that until I came to program, and until I did some serious step work. I didn't recognize all this overnight. It took some time. So for those of you out there that are impatient with yourself, keep coming. Keep studying your steps. Keep calling people, checking in. Get your sponsor and be off into this wonderful world of the spirit. 
because the spirit is what keeps this program alive and keeps this fellowship going and helps one day at a time to keep me abstinent and willing to help others because I measure up now as far as I'm concerned. And I thank you for the opportunity to share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Marge O, for getting started. And before we take any names, um, I'd like to remind everyone, a friendly reminder, that although we love your experience, strength, and hope, if you shared on either Wednesday or Tuesday, if you could please allow others to have an opportunity to share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read? Please give me your name and the initial of your last name, please. Pamela G. Carmela, Loretta H. Loretta. Heather E. Jackie B. Reva P. He Heather, Reva, Jackie L. Nancy P. Chris Nancy R. I got Nancy P. So this is Nancy R. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I think I missed Heather. There was a Heather there. Am I correct? Yes, Heather E H. All right, got it. Chris okay. W. Chris A. Chris W. Did you okay. get Christina L? I did not. Thank you. Yep. All right, we've got a good group here, people. Carmela G, Loretta H, Heather E H, Reva P, Jackie B, Nancy P, Nancy R, Chris W, Christina L. All righty, let's get started. Carmela G, followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Carmela. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for your service, and thank everyone for, for being on the line. Um, my name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater through the grace of my higher power that I call God. I am from New York. This this line, um, when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems. Well, as we all know, when Bill, when the world showed Bill that there was doubt and trouble. Bill just ran from one thing to the other. Um, sick quietly? No, he did not. When Carmela was in disease and she was on her way up the scale and she was the sole power she was relying on, even though she had a God in her life, but she thought that God was her servant and um, I would run. I would just get busier and busier and busier and just keep going because I could fix it. I could fix it. But no, this paragraph is saying, sit quietly, pray, listen, and don't ask for ourselves. And um, I didn't like that because I knew I had to pray for myself because I knew I was a sick, sick puppy. And um, I realized it was praying, not for all my wants, but just 
give me the direction as to what it is you want me to do. And the sitting quietly allowed me to reflect and dig into my soul and find out who I really was. And I will tell you, it was one of the most difficult and challenging experiences to get through these steps, work these steps, and at the age of 67, not know how to live life. I said, wow, now what do I do? And as this book tells us, this program is a design for living. So if we sit quietly, if we surrender, if we connect and have that relationship to a power greater than ourselves, we will find out who we are and what it is we're supposed to do, and we will know who to reach that hand out to and guide and help without being opinionated and judgmental. And with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Carmela G. from New York. Perfect timing. Okay, Loretta H., you are up, followed by Heather E.H. Please go ahead, Loretta. Your turn. Good morning, Amy. This is Loretta H. in North Carolina, Recovered. And thank you all who shared and are on this line this morning, along with my precious God that is saving my life today so beautifully. Uh, I like the idea of sitting quietly. I'm a very busy bee, and um, my sponsor is always telling me to idle and to park my brain and body, and I've come to find out that that is one of the most helpful resources I have um, because that's where I hear God and where I can actually um, become more efficient from my deficiencies. Somebody said that yesterday, and I thought, oh, my God, that's when I am sitting because that's where um, I can really understand where I am and where I come from. And uh, tonight I'm doing another fifth step about worldly clamors. Um, because I found in my 11th step, these things have been popping up continually. And, of course, I've been doing 10 steps on them. So now, of course, in order for me to be, get unblocked uh, with this step, because, um, you know, my brain is the, it's in my thoughts. My disease is, is always in this brain. And so I'm just so grateful and so um just over, not overwhelmed, but almost, um, I can't, like, I'm glad I'm doing this. That I can't tell you. I am so glad. And I'm glad I'm, in fact, I just did my um, two-way prayer this morning, which I sat during. And then I do silent meditation at night. And I can't believe this is me because um, it it isn't, but it is. And this is where I find who I am and who God wants me to be is in the listening, not even sometimes in the praying, because of course that sometimes is self-seeking, but it is in the listening and then in helping others. 
because that's where I also can identify. And in fact, last night I was honored to take a fifth step. So it just, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps coming around. And instead of mushrooming into um, my sickness, it mushrooms into my healing. And that's what is so wonderful about this program that it is, um, it's just beautiful when you do the work and when you're receiving the work. And so I'm so grateful uh, that I have this design for living and it really works and that you're all here to help me and that I see God's face in all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta H. from North Carolina. Okay, Heather E. H. followed by Reva P. Heather. Step on up to the mic. It's your turn. Heather, press star one to unmute, please. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, good. Heather E.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Texas. And I'm truly grateful that we read this paragraph because... um, when I do my morning meditation, that's just the bright, the bright point of my whole day. And I, um, I don't work anymore. And so I have all the time in the world to do my prayer and meditation. And it just puts me in such a good place. And the way I do it, com- compared to the way I used to do it in other fellowships, um, I just... Uh, I asked God, who would you have me help today? And before, I was always praying for like 10 million people on a list of different things that I thought that God would want them to have or that I, not God would want them to have, but that I personally would want them to have. And, um, but over the years, and especially coming to vision, I've learned how to pray for others. And to actually follow through with doing what God would have me do. And um, in the morning time when I'm quiet, that's when I get the messages of what I need to do and what I need to change for myself, like from my my 11th step inventory. And um, I go ahead and, you know, go right to it. And so I feel really cleansed. And... um, I guess I'm going to pass on that. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Heather E.H. from Texas. Okay, we have Reva P. followed by Jackie B. Go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. So in the two paragraphs above, um, Bill is going through what we now know um, as step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then in this paragraph, to me, this sounds like step eleven, um, as we know it now. And what strikes me is I was to test, which means integrate, apply, practice. So you know, in step one, I learned that I don't have power. Step two, I I need power, and finally, by step eleven, not step two, but by step eleven, I access this power because I've cleared the blockages in terms of, you know, the foods and the the defects and stuff. 
Um, so accessing power, and I can't believe I'm sharing about this step because I am not one of those um, uh, God connected people, definitely not a God kind of person when I came in. Um, and this new God consciousness, you know, a new perspective, um, when God gives me that new perspective because I've done the work to clear out the wreckage and common sense becoming uncommon sense. Yeah, you know what common sense was? I feel uncomfortable, I need to eat. I'm feeling emotional, I need a fix. That was common sense. That was my knee jerk reaction to any disturbance. And that becomes uncommon sense. Um, and the whole thing gets turned 180 degrees opposite. You know, um, and the, the next sentence, um, when I was in doubt, sit quietly. Are you kidding? When I was in doubt, my head would spin and I would go faster and faster and my body would go faster, my head would go faster. Um, and by the time I get to step 11, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to sit, stop and be quiet. And when I'm quiet, what do I do? I ask. I don't start giving God directions. I ask. I ask God for this power, for direction. What do I do next? What is the next right thing? That is not, that was not my common sense. So I love how by the time I get to step 11, my first thought that used to be the common thought becomes the uncommon thought. And I get a second thought. So I'm differentiating the false old beliefs and old ways of living with truth. Um, yeah, and I've heard it said, you know, God's first language is silence. Um, I'm supposed to be quiet and listen. I'm so good at talking and giving directions to anybody, including myself. Ask, 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 and wait long enough to get the answer. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Okay, we have Ariva P from Toronto. We have Jackie B followed by Nancy P. All right, Jackie B, your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. Hi, this is Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you everyone for your service. Thank you for all the shares. I totally identify with the shares. Um, for me, um, even today, you know, um, I took a shower this morning, and I noticed I had a half an hour uh, before I could leave the house. And I said to myself, well, what am I going to do for a half an hour? I said, well, you know what? Let me try talking to God. Uh, you know, you would think me being in program so long, and I work my program, that that would come easy. It doesn't come easy. I have to consciously con have contact with God on a on a you know, quiet level. And the way I do that is I say the third step prayer. I always start with the third step prayer. And from there, I ask God to guide me. And that I ask that those that I know in, you know, whether I know them or don't know them, if they're hurting or if they're going through something, to please have their higher power or whatever they consider their higher power guide them. Because that's another thing. You know, I spend most of my time asking God, why did you give me these parents? Why did you give me this family? Why did you give me this? You're complaining. Today, I don't complain. Today, I'm on a better plane with God because I accept. 
I may not like everything I accept, but I will accept it because you know what? The only other alternative is to put my face in a bag or a box, and I choose to not to do that today. It does not mean that I don't have feelings. I am human every hour of every day. And that the difference of my program now than it ever was in the past, and I've been in here 30 years, is that I have to do a 10-step. I have to do an 11-step. I have to be available. When somebody asks me to sponsor them, I am available to sponsor them. They may not come back, but you know what? It's not my job to tell them what to do. I cannot tell anybody how to eat. I can't tell anybody how to live. I can only tell you what my experience, strength, and hope. And that's the service I do today. That's the service that I know I do what God asks of me, to be of service to others. And that's in and out of the rooms. It's not just because of program. It's because left to my own devices, I'll manipulate and try to get people to do what I want. And that doesn't work. All that does is make me eat. So today, no matter where you are, even if you're a beginner, uh, a newcomer, you can make phone calls. That's service. That's getting out of ourselves. You know, there is no level of epitome. What it is is the willing to do what you differently than what you did before. Because for me, what I did before did not work. So I have to take the suggestions. I have to listen. And I have to be open open, honest, and willing to hear the message. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie B. from the Bronx, New York. Okay, Nancy P. followed by Nancy R. So it's the Nancy Show. Go ahead, Nancy. It's your turn. <laughs> Hi. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So I'm terrible at praying. Um, the same way that I, you know, finally embraced who I was about being agnostic, I also um, know who I am about praying. I'm terrible at it, so I don't do it. However, that doesn't give me a pass. Um, I had to get over the, the God hump, and I did that. And, you know, the, the praying hump, you know, I, don't, I didn't have a white light experience with my, um, my relationship with the goose that laid the golden egg, but... Um, I live in a state of white light. I really feel that way because there isn't a moment that my relationship with that, the thing that takes care of me and keeps me safe, isn't in the front of my mind. The same way that I used to be never quite happy because I was eating or never quite happy because I was fat or never quite happy because something about my relationship with food and, or my relationship with other people due to food just hung over me. It was like it was like a cloudy window that I couldn't get clean. Um, it never was out of my mind. And and today the that has switched places with this this relationship with this this thing that takes care of me. Um, it's there all the time, every minute. So, you know, I'm not saying that this would work for everybody, but it works for me. And um, you know, I can tell when I'm when I um, I can tell that it works because I'm serene most of the time. And if I'm not serene, I, have one, I do have one prayer, um, and it goes like this. I don't like this. I don't want things to be this way. That's all I have to say out loud. And then the next thing I do is nothing. That's the, that equals sitting quietly. And um, 
you know, waiting, living with my, living with my discomfort or living with my feelings um, never has to last that long. You know, I am safe. It does, this thing does keep me safe. I don't have to, I don't doubt that ever. You know, I was talking to a good friend of mine, a fellow on the phone yesterday, my dear friend, and um, I said, you know, I just, I guess I just don't have those kinds of feelings anymore. You know, they, they don't own me. And I gave an example that was sort of a dumb example. And she said, well, what about real fear? And I said, well, that would be if one of my kids was, lives were in danger. That's the only thing that I can think of that's real fear. Like if my house burned down, that would be horrible, but I could get another house. But if one of my kids died, that would be irreplaceable. And that's, that used to be a fear, especially around my daughter. And, um, you know, I decided one day, she said something, something, and, you know, why are you always worried? And I thought to myself, you know what, she's right. Why are you always worried? She deserves better and you deserve better. And what I said out loud was, you know, you're right. I'm committing to you right now that I'm not going to be afraid. And I might not be perfect, but I'm going to do the best that I can. And, um, you know, I don't have to worry because sitting quietly, what it is, it's a reminder to do what starts with S, rhymes with surrender, 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 surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Hey, where are you from again, Nancy? I forgot to write it down. I'm from Massachusetts. That's it. I knew I knew that. I just didn't remember. How could you forget that? The Bay State. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, indeed. All righty. So from Massachusetts. Thank you so much. And then Nancy R. It's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. It's Nancy R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Illinois. I um, haven't shared for um, probably two weeks. And so a week and a half, two weeks. And um, so I, my higher power, when I was sitting quietly, just like, join in, join in. Um, so I sit quietly. Um, I don't always sit quietly when I'm in doubt. And um, I want to surrender to doing that more often. I do sit quietly when in doubt. And I do ask for direction and strength to meet my problems as God would have me. And um, I'm so grateful for that because like others who have shared this morning, I left to my own devices. I I'm in my head and I am running or totally um, flat on my back doing nothing Um, because that's where my disease wants me to live in those extremes of everything or nothing. And um, when I work the 11th step daily, moment to moment, and I pray to work it even more moment to moment, I um, get direction and I have strength um, to meet my, my day um, as God would have me meet it. And um, one of the things I've been doing in my writing lately, my morning, morning journaling, is to um, say, uh, right, my plans for today are, and then God's plans for me today are. And... Um, Sometimes they're actually aligned, um, and I love that. And um, I um, attribute that to doing the 11th step and 
uh, to having this new God consciousness within. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Nancy R. from Illinois. Okay, Chris W. followed by Christina L. And then we're going to take a few more names. Go ahead, Chris. You are up. Chris, star one to unmute, please. I think it was Chris W. Chris with a K. Chris W. Sorry, I get the letters all mixed up. Please go ahead, Chris. Um, Chris W. and from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, when I think of how long it's taken me to learn how to just pray all through the day, and um, I love where we're just to pray and ask for guidance and what the next step is. And um, but it has taken me years and years and years, like 40 years of being. Um, in and out of the rooms and 40 years of having a relationship with God and yet not really knowing how to just pray all throughout the day. And it's only been the last year and a half when I came back to um, the 12 steps that I actually am doing that more and more. But usually it's, I wake up, I do the third step prayer. I do the serenity prayer. I do the, seventh step prayer and then the 11th step prayer and and now I'm doing there's another one <clears throat> excuse me I add in there but um, they're the ones that that I'm conscious of praying but now I'm praying for other people here and there and um, and it's it's just been so beautiful that it wasn't anything that I could ever do before I just would never remember but this work in the steps is the last this last year or two, and I think i'm I've gone through them three times, and each time I just get more and more freedom and just the peace that comes and and asking God specifically just guide me and show me what to do. That's now my newest thing that I'm starting to do, and it's like I can't believe how long it's taken me to learn these things, but but I am, and I am doing them. So that's all I have. I pass. Thank you, Chris W. from Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, Christina L., you are up. Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, this is Christina L., recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. Very grateful to be here today with all of you. Um, Step 11, that's also what I, I see in this paragraph is all about step 11, which, you know, that the instructions are on pages 85 through 88 and stuff. And um, over the years, my prayer meditation has really um, changed. And ever since coming back from this relapse this last time, you know, I have I have felt very uneasy about my step 11 practices because it has changed and it's not what I used to do um and there's a sense of feeling that I have I'm not (laughs) I'm not running this show um go figure and uh you know, test my, my God consciousness, you know, my newfound God consciousness. 
And I look back over my experience since I've come back the last um, eight or so months it's been, and I can see that, you know, even though my practice has changed and I'm not doing things the way that I was before, um, I am still growing and changing. And I used to spend a lot of time in prayer and meditation. For a little while, it was because I was fortunate enough to have the time to be able to do it. Um, I had different work hours. I um, Then I was unemployed for about a year and a half or two. And I had that, that luxury, which was amazing. Um, and I got a lot from it. But since I've come back, you know, that's been cut like, probably into a quarter of what I've done before. And some of the things that, as I was reflecting on this paragraph this morning that were coming to me was that um, someone told me once that prayer is anything that you do with joy in your heart. Um, and, and I remember that coming up when, um, when I told him, I'm like, I want to pray more. And, you know, I didn't, I just didn't know how I was going to fit any prayer, any more prayer time into my day or anything like that. And, uh, and that was what he shared with me, which was a really good thing for me to remember this morning. I think I'm really just saying this for myself more than anybody else. But, um, and last night I was, uh, I opened my Kindle app, which I haven't even done. And I don't know how long it was actually needed to be redownloaded. And I accidentally opened to this book on, um, discernment. It was not prayer and meditation. And I didn't even remember having this book, um, ordering it or buying it or anything. And I, I came to this page where it said something along the lines of, if you force yourself to stay in the prayer and meditation, Hi. okay, I'll just finish this last thought, um, of whatever you are doing, then it becomes an idol if you force yourself. And I was just that just really helped me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me okay. share. Thank you so much, Christina. Okay, so we're now going to take a few more names, uh, probably four, I would say, that would like to share on what was read. Sharon R. Jen Jack. Ginger C. Linda D. Sharon C. Okay, I got Sharon C, Nessa R, Ginger C. Could probably take one or two more. So who did, who did I miss? Jen A. Jet w. Jen A. Linda D. Okay, this is what I've got, people. Let's see what we go from here. May not be able to get everyone in. Sharon C, Nessa R, Ginger C, Jen A, Ken W. Um, Hopefully, didn't get you all in. I know there's a few people that I missed as well, so please remember we do have a second hour as well. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, Sharon C., you're up. Please go ahead, followed by Nessa. Sharon C., you there? Press star one. Can you hear me now? Ah, there you are, Sharon. Go ahead. Okay. My name is Sharon P., and I live in Delray Beach, Florida. <clears throat> I've been listening to um, the vision meetings now for about seven or eight months, and I rarely share because I don't know why, because I share at regular meetings all the time, but I'm so happy 
to share today because this paragraph um, reminds me of when I first came into program, and that was a very long time ago, um, and I've never left. Um, it reminds me that when I first came in, I, was, I knew I was home at my very first meeting, and I was willing to do anything they asked me to do except the God thing because that was what I said. I don't see how God's going to help me with my food. I don't know what I was thinking, but that's what, what I said. And, of course, I was so delighted to be part of the program and, and willing to try to do the work that eventually I, I did what Nancy talks about all the time. I surrendered, I surrendered, I surrendered. And for the last number of years, I have had a wonderful relationship with the power greater than myself. I choose to call God, who is um, deep inside of me. I don't think of it as a religious God at all, but believe me when I tell you, it works for me. Um, And I now spend a good portion of my day saying thank you, God, for everything, whether it's good or sometimes when it's bad, because somebody told me that God's will, um, you know, includes the mess. And... um, if it's something that's not good, I can say thank you, God, and learn from it. Otherwise, I am more than willing to have the God consciousness that I never had years ago. And as a result, not a white light experience, but, you know, Bill says on the next page, God comes to most men gradually. And that's how it was for me. Um, and I, my abstinence has been... Pretty solid for a long time. I'm maintaining a 90-pound weight loss, and I'm loving this program. And today, the, the longer I'm here, the more I need, the more I need to, to be in, in the company of other compulsive old readers. I'm also in another program, so I get a lot of 12-step comfort. And I have only recently just starting, started two, doing two-way prayer, which I am really loving. Um, so, and I also have learned not to pray for myself. In the beginning, I used to say, okay, God, please guide me to another day of abstinence. But now, because in the constant reading of this book, I now say, God, please guide me to another day of abstinence and sobriety that I may better do thy will, followed by the third step prayer. And when I do that every day, my day starts off on the right foot. So that's my share. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sharon. And where are you from, Sharon, please? Delray Beach, Florida. From Florida. Okay, awesome. Sharon C. from Florida. All right, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So step 11 says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. So this is the solution. This is the solution to my powerlessness and actually the solution to all my problems. Um, But, you know, I only have this solution after I have done all the work of steps one through nine to unblock myself from access to that power or for access to that power and continue to remove blockages as they occur by working step 10. If I don't do all those steps, I have no access to this power. And, and, you know, this is a big source of confusion and frustration for me when I first came into the rooms, like, you know, the first few years. You know, I thought in step two, as soon as I identified 
that God was the solution to my problems, that I should have access immediately to that power, you know, and it was, I was so frustrated because I didn't feel the access. Like I, I didn't feel God. I didn't feel connected. You know, nothing in my life was going the way I thought should have been going because now, Hey, I know what the solution is, but I hadn't done any other work. I was still so blocked. How could I have a connection? Like, you know, that line was so jammed with static. There was nothing else going through. And, you know, in, in addition, I had another misconception that the proof that I had a connection with God is that God was giving me what I wanted. And, of course, that wasn't happening. You know, the, uh, um, another portion of step 11 says, um, asking for his will for us and the power to carry that out. Not asking, not, not telling him my will for me, for him, as somebody else shared earlier. And so that was a big source of, of frustration, confusion, and even discouragement because it's like I finally know what the solution is. It's not Weight Watchers and it's not the nutritionist and it's not the gym. It's God. So why isn't God working for me? Work is, God is not working for me and, and this program isn't working for me. Well, at step two, I'm not working for the program. I just want a freebie. I want something for nothing. I have to go through the work. Um, as I went through the work, and the blockages were removed, that communication started to flow, you know, um, more difficult at the beginning, more intuitively um, later on. And now I do feel God, God's presence in my life, God's guidance in my life, God's hand in my life, even and especially when I don't get what I want, when I don't get the parking spot in front of the hotel in front of the store or when, you know, my kids don't do what I want or, you know, whatever major, I don't win the lottery, et cetera, you know, because I know it's like, it's not what I want from you, God, is what you want from me. It's what do I, what am I needed for instead of what do I need? Okay. And that is the solution in step 11, not step two. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nessa R. from Toronto, Canada. Okay, Ginger C. followed by Jen A. You guys, we could probably split it up at two and a half minutes each. Jack, I think it was Jack W. versus Ken W. I don't think we're going to have time to get to you. I'm so sorry. Hopefully you can share the next hour. All right, Ginger, you're up, followed by Jen. Um, good morning, Amy. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for your service. Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater, and I'm in Colorado. And I just love those two words, sit quietly. And when I do, I have a better chance of responding with love rather than reacting from fear. Uh, but for someone who's an addict, you know, I know self-propulsion, which leads me to self-reliance, which always fails me, and then I'm doing another 10 steps. And so, thank God, there's just so much power with those two words, sit quietly, take that time. I love the monks. I often go and sit with them because I just love to reflect in their practices, their discipline. They do it daily, and they're doing it often throughout those hours. Even though I just did a 4.30 sit like I do every morning because that's my practice, what do I do with those minutes in between? Because there's a lot of minutes in between. And it is just such an incredible practice. And Bill talks about it in the 12 and 12. When 10 and 11 are combined, you have an unshakable foundation. You may not relapse and eat that bite. So I just love that we get to do this. And, um, you know, it's so counterintuitive, though. God, when I came into 12-step rooms, I knew blender brain 
And that's when in worry, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout, you know, freak out. It's a freak out show because I don't know what's going on and I'm feeling afraid and I need to know that Ginger's going to be okay. And then I get to let go that third step. You know, the third step is really all about trust. Try really using step three. And when you have that infinite power flowing and you're really connecting throughout those minutes throughout that day, wow, what happens is quite amazing. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. from Colorado. Uh, Jen A., you are up. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Amy. This is Jen A., uh, recovered, not cured here in Colorado, uh, Littleton. Wow. So I get to this place and this space and so grateful. Um, I'm so grateful how this area of life, like this is Bill just doing it for the first time, right? Like just sitting quietly, just reflecting, uh, sitting in the quietness and the still and the asking for me is, that's a huge, it's a huge place for me to be. But what I've realized is, you know, it takes practice (laughs) and um, over time it just evolves. And that's the beauty of it. Um, You know, when I first started out, I did this prayer and that prayer. I said this, I said that. I tried praying and meditating and doing this and doing that. And the more and more that I just uh, lean into God, I'm seeing that it's a practice of uh, the stillness of just melting. You know, uh, just melting like butter into a hot pan and just letting go and just sometimes just letting go into whatever it may be. And the best thing that I've read in um, the morning meditation that's later in the book that we'll read in a long time from now is this phrase, and it's thy will, not mine, be done. And that's what I, I chant in my meditation today is that when these thoughts do come up, and and, and they will come up because the food's down, so the only thing that's working on overtime now is my brain and my thinking. And so in order to not just quiet the thoughts or make them go away, it's to acknowledge them and to say, aha, there it is. And thy will, not mine, be done in this instant, Lord. I have no idea what you have for me and what I need to do with that thought that just came up. But I know that you're in the hot seat. You're in command. And if I trust you with all my heart and all my soul, and I truly believe that you are going to take care of me and you have my back, then you know what I'm going to do? Thy will, not mine, be done. And that's what I need to take with me all day, every day. It's my password on my computer. Pretty long password to type in, but it's good because sometimes I have to type it two or three times to get that accuracy in. And God says, Mm -hmm. just come to me. Surrender and melt into me and give me everything. So I'm grateful uh, for this process. Thanks, Amy. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much. Okay. Wow, what a great meeting, everyone. And I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing and the newcomer greeter announcements. We will now close with the, oh, sorry, the share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, uh, for today, share ID for today, Thursday, July 7th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting is 19,151. That's one nine. One five one. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Darlene H., will you please take us out with a vision for you?
Yes, good morning. It's Darlene H. from Georgia, Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. So to see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.